This is Cardinal Francis George. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a nonprofit ministry at the forefront of Catholic evangelization, using new media to spread the faith on every continent. Father Barron challenges us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, our gospel for this weekend is uh, magnificent. It's from the 10th chapter of Mark's gospel. It's right smack in the middle, really, of Mark's gospel, and it's a hinge story. Much will turn on this tale that Mark tells, a tale undoubtedly based upon something very real. The fact that the person Jesus heals in the story is named, not always the case, but in this case, the person is named, indicates that it's probably a story that was very vividly remembered. In fact, this person in question was around for some time after Jesus' death and resurrection and probably was there telling and correcting this story, a point of reference for it. And so it's very much of a real tale. At the same time, I think it's a beautifully elaborated tale. What I mean is, Mark brings out the theological and spiritual significance of this healing of Jesus. And that's what I think makes it very powerful for us, even 2,000 years after the event. Listen now how the story begins. As Jesus was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a sizable crowd. Now, Jericho, yes, it was a city in Jesus' time. In fact, one of the oldest um, cities in the world. A city you can, you can visit the, the ruins of the ancient city today. But for any biblical person, Jericho meant much more than a city uh, east of Jerusalem. For Jericho was a city that the Israelites destroyed when they came into the promised land, led by Joshua. Hence the famous parading around the walls of Jericho, the trumpet blast, the walls come tumbling down. Jericho then comes to symbolize sin or dysfunction. If the Israelites symbolize God's way in the world, then Jericho is the enemy of that, what stands in the way of it. Therefore, any biblically mindful person reading this story and hearing about Jesus leaving Jericho has got all kinds of associations. Notice, too, and those who've been to the Holy Land know this, that Jerusalem is up on a height. You go up to Jerusalem. There's a road that even to this day leads from Jerusalem to Jericho, and it's a road that trends downward. And so Jericho, lying in this sort of lower area, the city of sin, symbolizing the fall away from grace, away from the ways of God. Well, sitting by the wall of that city is a blind man, the son of Timaeus, hence Bart Timaeus. It's an interesting name because it combines the Hebrew bar, means son of, but Timaeus is a Greek name. Bartimaeus, a blind man who's by the wall of Jericho begging. 
Now, again, to this day, you can find um, street people and beggars, some physically impaired, who sit or stand outside of famous places and they beg. So that's the image we're meant to get here of this blind man who is begging. But he's much more than that because of this spiritual overtone that Mark uh, has. He's blind. Why? Well, he symbolizes all of us who, to varying degrees, live in the city of sin, who live in this dysfunctional place. I mean violence, I mean hatred, I mean self-absorption. I mean all those things opposed to God. As a result, we are blind spiritually. We don't see what we're meant to see. We don't see the ways of God. We're blind to them. Furthermore, Bartimaeus is a beggar. Here's a very deep spiritual truth, friends. And Christianity will hinge upon it because Christianity is a salvation religion. That means it proposes a solution to a problem that we, in principle, cannot solve. You know, there are a lot of problems you might have, practical and otherwise, that you can solve. You know, if you just put your mind to it and you put enough effort into it, you can solve it. You know, your computer's acting up. Well, yeah, in principle, not for people like me, but in principle, you can solve that problem with enough ingenuity, enough uh, hard work and concentration. But our spiritual problem is not like that. It's not a problem that we can solve. Now, here's why. Because sin is a problem with the will and with the mind. They become perverse and twisted. Therefore, if the, if the mind and will are the problem, then more mind and more will ain't going to be the solution. That's why, spiritually speaking, all of us are beggars. Beggars, we're blind, and we have to beg to be saved. So we're meant to identify with Bartimaeus. That's the point I'm making here, the point that I think Mark is making. We're all of us meant to identify with this blind beggar by the walls of Jericho. Now, on hearing that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he, Bartimaeus, began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. It's a beautiful detail here that in the Greek, which is the original language of the Gospel of Mark, what he says is, eleison me, eleison me. At the beginning of every Mass, we Catholics say, Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison, Kyrie eleison, right? Lord, have pity. Christ, have pity. Lord, have pity on me. We put ourselves ritually in the place of Bartimaeus, acknowledging as the Mass begins that we are blind, we've lost our way, and we are beggars. We're not able to save ourselves. This, by the way, is Bartimaeus' great virtue, his great grace, is that he realizes he's a beggar. He realizes he has to beg. One of the major spiritual problems, of course, is that people don't realize that. They think all is well, or all can be made well by our own efforts. Yes, the secular culture teaches that, but not the Bible. Notice, please. Many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. 
Oh, people kind of embarrassed by this display. You know, here's the famous preacher going by. And here's this embarrassing street person, this blind beggar, and he's crying out like a lunatic. So the people are embarrassed, you know, and they tell him to be quiet. The same way we probably would today. If a famous person is going by and there's some, there's some poor soul, you know, some street person, and they cry out, we probably get embarrassed too. Symbolically speaking, we're again on very holy ground here. Because Mark is telling us, even to this day, when you acknowledge your blindness and you acknowledge before Christ your incapacity to save yourself, don't expect a lot of support. Right? We live in a culture that is very uh, me centric. We love people that are powerful, that are self reliant. Who likes someone who's a beggar? who acknowledges his powerlessness. Oh, no one likes that. You know, we celebrate, we hold up all the time, people that have got it together, you know, and they can solve their problems. I'm okay, you're okay. I'm the king of the world. But see, in the spiritual order, it doesn't work that way. Bartimaeus is the one here who's seeing clearly. But the world is not going to stand with him, and it won't stand with you either. When you beg the Lord for pity, you beg the Lord for mercy, don't expect a lot of support. Now, his great virtue. But he kept calling out all the more, Son of David, have pity on me. Good for you, Bartimaeus. Despite the crowd, despite this lack of support, you keep begging. It's good advice for every one of us. We're not going to get a lot of support from the crowd today. But keep asking, keep asking, keep begging. How often, by the way, in the gospel, the perseverance in prayer is recommended, isn't it? Stay at it. Seek and you'll find. Knock, it'll be open to you. Ask and you'll receive. Don't give up. Don't give up. Like that, the widow that keeps begging the judge and the judge, you know, I, I don't like this woman. I don't think she has a good case, but she's wearing me out, you know perseverance in prayer. So Bartimaeus perseveres. Jesus stopped and said, call him. Terrifically important line there. I mentioned before how Jesus is the still point in the gospel. He's the still point around which the tribes of Israel are gathered. They came at him from all sides, the gospel writers tell us. You see the image there is the still point in the center which gathers all the tribes in. So here, Jesus stopped. He's a still point. And he said, call him. Kaleo is the Greek word there. Kalein means to call. From that word comes the word ekklesia. Ek means out of. Kalein means to call. To call out of. Ecclesia, of course, is the word for the church. Ecclesiastical and ecclesial come from that. Bartimaeus is being called out of his blindness, out of Jericho, into a new way of being, which means friendship with Jesus Christ. He's a prototype here, listen, of every one of us who are members of the church, of the ecclesia, We've been called kaleod 
by Jesus out of Jericho into this new friendship. Take courage, get up. Jesus is calling you, the crowd said. So he threw aside his cloak, sprang up, and came to Jesus. This is a baptismal image, isn't it? Because in the ancient church, when you were baptized, you took off your street clothes. You were then bathed, you were oiled up, and you were bathed in the waters of baptism. Then you came up out of the water, and you were clothed in a new garment. So here, Bartimaeus throws off his cloak. It's symbolic of his old life. He springs up and comes to Jesus. The Lord says, what do you want me to do for you? That's baptismal talk too, isn't it? To this day, we say that. When the baby comes forward, the priest says, what do you want of Christ's church for this child? And the parents and godparents respond, baptism or eternal life. So again, Bartimaeus is a prototype of every one of us in the church. What do you want me to do for you? And then the magnificent answer, and this is the hinge moment. Master, I want to see. What's his problem? Blindness, born of sin, born of self-absorption. What's the solution? Sight. How do you get it? Not by your own efforts. You can't make yourself unblind, but you can come now into relationship with Jesus Christ who then gives you sight. So immediately he received his sight, and then what? The story ends with this line. He followed him on the way. Bartimaeus began stuck in the city of sin, blind and a beggar. But now, called ecclesia, called into the church, into friendship with Jesus Christ, he's now given his sight and is then able to walk the path of discipleship. He follows Jesus where Jesus is going. Where's he going, by the way? He's going up to Jerusalem, to the cross. Reread the story, friends. Tenth chapter of Mark's Gospel. The whole spiritual life is there in a nutshell, if you got the eyes to see. And God bless you. I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love. Four years in the making, and it's finally here. Our new Catholicism documentary series, book, and study program are now available to order online at catholicismseries.com. Will you help me introduce this epic film series to your parish, school, family, and friends? Catholicism is an unprecedented adventure around the world and deep into the faith. Learn more at catholicismseries.com or call 1-866-928-1237. That's 1-866-928-1237.